You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So excited for today. We're going to kick it off with our 3 by 10 and um, our first speaker is, is, is a mighty man and he's a, a great leader. And uh, he and his wife, as we said, they've been leading our middle schoolers from the beginning of East Campus, pretty much, almost four years ago. So uh, why don't we give it, up, give it up for Josh O'Neill as he comes to kick things off. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Oh, a little bit nervous, but I'm, I'm good. We're good. All right. We're going to get through this. All right. Uh, first, I want to um, recognize, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Carissa actually made me like change my shoes this morning because, yeah. Anyway, okay. That's another thing. All right. So I want to recognize um, Pastors Jurgen and Leanne um, for the amazing leaders that they are. I know they're not here right now, but, um, but man, what an amazing place Awakened Church is. Um, and then... I also want to um, thank you guys, Pastors Michael and Lisa, um, for the amazing leaders you are. Thank you for um, the culture you've cultivated here at East Campus um, and raising up leaders. And thanks for the opportunity to preach. So, uh, yeah, so I'm so excited to preach. Um, but I only have 10 minutes, so I've got to, or nine minutes now, so I've got to hurry up. So, um, um, did you know that the word altar appears in the Old Testament around 400 times? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, that's a lot of times, which means that it's really important. Um, so um, there are tons of examples throughout Scripture, but whatever the case, the altars, uh, the altars were benchmarks. Um, and um, they marked a moment in time that was important to remember for the individuals building it. Um, there were different types of altars, but the ones I, I want to talk about today are altars of remembrance. Um, I like to call them altars of hope. Sometimes we have benchmarks in our lives that become, uh, become altars. Moments where it was unclear what the outcome was going to be. Like we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how we were going to get through that time. Um, and God has a tendency of meeting us in those moments, right? And making them pivotal to our story. Um, these moments become altars that we can revisit over and over again, um, and powerfully declare the, the power of God, the victory that is in Jesus, um, and the hope that he has to offer. Um, one, of this, one of those times for me, um, I have lots of those times, but I don't have all the time in the world to share them. So um, one of those times for me was, um, was a few years ago, um, I was working, I was actually working for another church, and um, and. Um, we, Chris and I were walking into the service, um, of this church that we were in the foyer. And, um, I had visited, um, at that time, C3 a few times. Um, I had just finished reading a book by Pastor Jurgen, Um, and, um, and a lot of my beliefs had been shifting, um, and changing. And, um, and so I, I really was starting to feel like I didn't fit in where I was anymore. And I, I remember so clearly because it felt like God spoke to me audibly. Like it really felt like there was like this booming voice. And I, I was like, did anybody else hear, hear that? Did you hear that? You know, I was like, it was, I was, I was shaken. Um, and so like, but I, it, God spoke to me and he said, 
Um, he said, you don't belong here. It's time to transition. And I was so shaken by it. And, and Carissa noticed, and she's like, what's going on, you know? Um, and so, but that was a pivotal moment for us. That was a, that was a moment that changed our lives, the trajectory of our lives, really. Um, it was shortly after that we thought that that shifting meant that, you know, we would have like a year to like shift out of the church, you know, find a, find a new job. A few weeks later, I was fired. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, but um, it was during that time where I was looking for work, looking for a job. I didn't know what I was going to do because I was born and bred and trained for ministry. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do that I was praying and, and I was like, God, just give me a job that at least paid me, pays me what my last job paid me. And very clearly the Holy Spirit said, ask for more. And I was like, God, I'm not trying to be greedy. I just, I just want to survive. Like I don't want to be homeless, you know? And, um, and, and, and he said, ask for more. And, and so I like asked for like, $10,000 more than I made the previous year, you know, and, and again, the Holy Spirit said, ask for more. And, and like every single time this happened, it got more intense. Um, And um, it was just, that was a pivotal moment for me, breaking poverty mindsets, you know, Um, another one of those, these pivotal moments, these altars for us was when we decided to make C3 or Awaken Church our home, uh, our home church. We did not want this to be our home church <laughs> because it's so different than what we came from. Like, so different. We did not want this to be our home church. Like, we were like, God, like, show us another place. And <laughs> but uh, the church is great, you know, like, people are friendly and everybody here is beautiful and stuff like that. But, like, it's just like... <laughs> It's so weird here. Like people think there's like healings and people falling over and like praying in tongues and all this stuff. And like, I don't, I've never, I was just never around that. I was told that that was not God. But God just kept bringing us back here. And there came, there was like, there was one day where we had a conversation and we, we decided this, this has to be it. This is our home. And that was a pivotal moment for us, for our family. So many stories I have, I I could tell you, but um, we have altars and we might not recognize them as such, but that's what they are. You can look back at your life and you see these moments where God visited you and he changed your life. And maybe you're in a moment right now and it feels like turmoil, like a storm, like you are, you don't know what the next step is. You can't even see right in front of you. But those are pivotal moments. I, I, I remember feeling several times like, man, I, I can't go on any farther. And God was like, just, you know, make it to the next day. And, and, and then somehow this faith would rise up in Carissa or myself and, 
and we would, we would make it another month and another month. And, and man, it's, it, those moments just revolutionized who we are today. Um, Christmas is a holiday that's coming up. And it is a holiday, a holiday that we as believers have collectively chosen to remember the miraculous birth of Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One. That is the, the manger scene is an altar of remembrance that we can look back and, 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 and it transcends time because it's such a message of hope for us. The cross is, in my opinion, one of the ultimate altars because it was not only an altar of sacrifice where Jesus Christ offered himself, but, he, um, but it's an altar of remembrance for generations since then because we can look back and see what the cross has to offer us. The manger and the cross are altars of hope that have remained relevant because they are historical benchmarks that transcend time to give hope to every human. It doesn't matter what your story is, what your education background is. Um, We don't have to agree even on biblical philosophy because the manger and the cross level the playing field regardless of our experiences our perceived status, we are all eligible for the hope that the cross and the altar provide for us. Somewhere around 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, Isaiah prophesied this. For a child is born to us, a son is given, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just about 700 years before he was born, this was prophesied. Think about that gap. And it's happened. He came. And and now we have this altar of hope that we can look back at. Jesus came for you and for me. Thank you, Josh. Wow. An altar of hope. Wow. So good. And and we didn't talk, so mine's called birth of hope. So, all right. It's going to be a good morning. So first off, I just really want to honor Pastor Lisa and Michael. You guys are dear friends. Um, I thank you so much for investing in me, for us and my boys, loving all my children. Um, And all this started because they invited us to Twisted. (laughs) So invite people to Twisted. You never know how it's going to change their their spiritual life, their lives all in general, because it's changed mine. So thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. So how do you show hope in a dark world? How do you shine your light? Pastor Michael preached on that last week about our light. We're the lights. But how do you do that? Um, One of the ways is speaking life into people. You're praying for people. So a few, I don't know when it was. It was when we had Sunday night services. I was at South Campus on a Sunday night service. And there was a girl that walked by me during worship. And she was beautiful. Like, like I was like, whoa, 
Like in my head, I was like, she's stunning. And God said in that moment, he said, isn't she? And he said it just like that. Like so loving and adoring. Like, isn't she? And I was like, oh, I need to tell this girl how God sees her. Because he sees her so beautiful and just loves her so much. So after church, I walked up to tell her and I tapped her on the shoulder and she turned around. She was still beautiful, but she didn't look like what I saw. But I still told her what God said. And of course, she's crying. And I knew for me in that moment during that worship service, God showed me how he saw her, how he loved her. Like, that's how he sees us. And for that moment, I was able to give hope to this girl that she is seen and loved. So that is a way we can show hope. And later that night, her friend came and found me and said, you don't know this, but she's been going through a really hard time. And she's really hard on herself about how she looks and how she sees herself and not feeling seen. So that was a confirmation for me that I had to take that step of obedience to go tell her and how that built me up, but it also built her up. So we have to take those opportunities. Yeah. So another way we get to show hope in a, a tangible way is praying for people. It could be in, in the grocery store. I know people think that's weird, but you know what? If God's calling you to do it, go over to the lady in the frozen food section and pray for her. <laughs> but um, we, my family, um, we've done, we pray over people in random places. You've, if you follow us on Instagram, you know we'd love to travel and you know that we're not scared to pray for people. And we've even done it <laughs> in a state capitol building um, in the middle of the country. And we ended up getting to pray, my whole family, all four of us, my two boys and my husband, and we got to pray over one of the senators. And it was a pretty awesome experience. We got to pray healing and encouragement over her. And Alan actually still keeps in touch with her and she'll send him a random prayer request. But it was a moment where we, she actually received healing and she received hope. Yeah. From a bathroom pit stop on a road trip. <laughs> so if you ever feel that nudge, that is your opportunity to move forward because you never know, like you might be nervous, you might be scared, or you might be like fearful that you're going to look silly. But what if that is the hope they need? What if that is the encouragement that they need? Yeah. So in um, Luke 1, 35 through 38, it says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is her sixth month within her, who she was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Did you catch that? For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And, an angel, and the angel departed from her. Okay, so this is the birth of hope. This is when hope was birthed, right here in this moment. Emmanuel was born, or going to be conceived. Emmanuel meaning God with us. So they go 400 years, 500, 700 years of silence to the birth of hope, to the birth of hope. So here's a first altar. Thank you, Josh, right here. So this is a true hope. 
not just like us praying for people. This is like what the meaning of hope is. So Jesus is coming means he's going to always be with us. You are never alone. You are never alone. If you invite him in, he's always with you. You have always have somebody to cry with. You always have somebody to go to. You always have somebody to lean on. You always have somebody cheering for you. You are not alone. He is always with us. And before Jesus was even born, miracles surrounded him. His conception, miraculous. His cousin's conception, miraculous. Two miracles surrounding Jesus' birth even before he was conceived. So that is just amazing. And I love, so powerful. And I love that he, the angel said, for nothing will be impossible with God. Right there, the moment a birth of was the moment of hope, the birth of hope, because nothing is impossible for our God. So I'm not sure what you're going through right now. I'm not sure what's going on in your homes. If this is the first holiday without a relative, if this is the time of year that you feel more lonely, I'm not sure what's going on. For me, this is a different season, a different Christmas season than normal. Um, it looks a little different. We got disinvited this year to Christmas because we have a little bit different views on certain things, and we weren't willing to, uh, you know, yeah. So, <laughs> so we weren't willing to get the shot. So we couldn't. We can't go to Christmas. So it's a little different. But you know, we. Um, we knew that it's okay and we're going to, it's going to look different, but it's hard. Unfortunately, it's sad and it's ugly and this is going on. But here's the thing. It's easy to be angry. It's easy to be um, upset, but that's not what God called me to do. Like I can either go into this and sulk and get mad and get bitter and really making myself a victim what is that good does that do to anybody? It doesn't do any good. The answer is no. It doesn't do any good for me or for them, anyone. So I can't play the victim. It's my responsibility here. I get to choose what my response is. Am I going to get bitter or am I going to get better? So, so you have the same choice. No matter what's going on, whether it's like my situation or worse, you still have the choice and you still have the responsibility to choose hope in the situation and not let it steal your hope. So we need to ask Jesus for help. He's there. He is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the impossible. So we can go to him. We get that choice instead of getting bitter. We get to go to him, lay it at his feet, and allow him to work through us so that we can become a better version of what he created us to be. So... And one of the other things I love about this verse is that Mary says, um, Mary says, I am your servant. Let it be so. I don't know about you. I'm not sure I'd answer the same way. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my goodness. Hey, Dad, um, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's not Joseph's. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Um, <laughs> but what an example of obedience for us. What an example. Like, no matter how hard it was or um, daunting that task would be, she's like, I'm your servant. I will serve you. And this is the example of where we can be like, 
okay, God's calling me to go speak to that person. God's calling me to pray for that person in this moment right now, not saying I'll pray for you. No, in this moment, we need to take that step of obedience because miracles are going to be on the other side. So I want you to know, I want you to know that this season is full of hope. You just need to look around. God is always with you. He's always with you. You're not alone. And nothing is impossible for Jesus. Nothing. Oh, no. I forgot my notes. <laughs> I, yeah, I just prophesied. The next 10 minutes will be just ministry time. I would love to do that one day, but now, now's not the time. <laughs> Michael's like, no, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, no. Okay, thank you, Pastor Lisa and Michael. Thank you for, for investing in us. And it, these, are, these are brave ones, Josh, Emily, to say yes. Like you were talking about obedience in the moment, and it's this is an act of obedience and getting up here and being in a place where you're used to being behind the scenes. I'm very comfortable behind the scenes. Um, so thank you for pushing us, for shepherding us, for for we're growing, right? And and it's working because I see a lot of new people I don't know. So I'm Joel. <laughs> My wife Elda here. We make awaken our home, and uh, so it's a good place to be if you're new. Welcome. Um, this is going to be good. All right, so I want to talk about joy. I want to talk about joy in this season. This season is full of joy. I, this, or so we hear, right? It's like, joy to the world. That's an abrasive song. If you sit through that song, it's like, punch you in the face, joy to the world. It, that's how it starts. And then, <laughs> but if that's not where you're at, that's a hard song to sit through. And so I want to I want to kind of um, start with a a. Christmas confession. Uh, so for me, I didn't always like Christmas music. I hated Christmas music. <laughs> Someone, someone's out there that's like, yes, that's my guy. <laughs> I was that guy. We'll pray for you. Um, I, I love Christmas music, but I want to talk about that moment. That's my Christmas confession. I have a Christmas confession. I've never said this publicly. So... Um, Okay, so anyway, right? So I, I, like any Christmas song, two to five songs, I would be like, I'm good. Why do we need a channel that plays Christmas songs six, six months out of the year? No, thank you. So I, I yeah, it was, but there was one song. There was one song that just always, it would come on the radio, and I was like, this song, what the heck? Um, it's like the epitome of cultural Christmas, you know? It's like the gaudy commercial thing that is like, this is not what Christmas is about, in my opinion. And so, um, so this moment of change, I, I, was, I used to travel. Um, I, I worked as a, as a cameraman for a company, and around Christmas time, we'd go to Europe a lot, and I love Europe uh, at Christmas time because all that, that they just like throw Christmas glitter over the cities and it's like you walk down the streets and there's like lights across the streets and wreaths and candles and it's beautiful it's beautiful um, and I don't think anyone else drink out of that one um, 
bless this water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, so I was going to Amsterdam, and I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I know that I'll have uh, evenings off so I can walk the streets, take pictures, you know, shop and stuff. And this, I'm in, I'm in Newark Airport, and this song comes on. And I'm like, you know what? Sayonara. I'm going to across the pond and leaving this little song in the United States. And then I'm shopping in Amsterdam. I walk into the store, and this song comes on. And then, yes, it was following me. And it was again and again and again in a cab, in a hotel room, in the lobby as I'm checking out. I'm in the airport at Schiphol Airport, and I have my passport, and then everyone around me with their duty-free bags of gifts and things. And, um, and this song comes on again, and I was like, you know what? I had this moment. I had this moment of change. I had this moment where I was like, you know what? I actually really do love All I Want for Christmas is You <laughs> by Mariah Carey. <laughs> Elda can tell you, <laughs> we were at the Bed Bath, Bed Bath and Beyond or something the other day, and it came on, and I was like, you know what? I, I love this song. That song is my jam. Okay, so Christmas transformation is real. What does it have to do with Jesus? Well, it's a pretty fitting statement to him. All I want for Christmas is you. Not this stuff. It's nice. I like it. But it's about him. The whole season starts with the declaration, the king has come. In Luke 2.10, you have the angel appearing to the shepherds. And um, with, with quite a kickoff, um, I should have written it in my notes. <laughs> anyway, the basic message is, they say, fear not. I come with good news of great joy for all man. And that, that statement, there it is, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I waited too long to, to stick it in. But um, the, the thing here is, is the great joy. The great joy. Why? What about the great joy? For me, I went through a season of not having great joy. Um, Elda and I, it felt like joy was like sucked out of our lives, and we would talk about it that way. And we'd say, man, we just, you know, and we, we were coming, we were new to Awaken, and we, we had been coming, and transition was happening, change was happening. But how do I get this joy? I, I've been in the church, I, I, I've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, how do I get this joy? And so this season would remind me sometimes of that lack of joy. Um, And, and so I want to I I look at this because it comes from somewhere. Joy comes to us. It, it's something that we don't have on our own. That's happiness. Happiness is like emotional circumstance. It's, it's in this plane. And joy comes transcending through that. Because if you're in places and you're like, I'm, things are good, I'm happy. And you come over here and you're like, things suck and I'm not happy. Well, You can have joy in that moment, and it's because it comes from somewhere. Where does it come? It comes from heaven. That's, what's, that's what happens in this moment where the angel appears to the shepherds. The angel is saying, heaven is coming to earth. Finally, the, the whole world has been waiting for this. The nation of Israel was waiting for this. The shepherds were waiting for this. They were waiting for heaven to earth. When Jesus was doing ministry, he proclaimed, 
The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's in the kingdom? What's in the realm of the Lord? In 1 Chronicles 16, 27, it talks about in his dwelling is joy and strength. Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The The joy of the Lord, this joy from heaven, it's our strength, not our joy. This is not something we muster up. This is something that comes from the Lord. It has to come from him. And it lands, it, it's in heaven, and it's landing in earth. And it comes in a touch point in Jesus. And Jesus is now ascended to heaven. So where does it come? Where does it land? It lands in us. If you come to Jesus, he makes you, he makes you clean. He makes you worthy. You were talking about worthy. Yes, this is true. You are worthy to have heaven touch you. The the Holy Spirit is the one that brings joy. He is the presence of God. It's in the presence is the fullness of joy. In his presence. So what was going on? I had the Holy Spirit. I had the Holy Spirit, and I was missing joy. Maybe this is you. Your joy is directly tied to your position before the king. There's a flow from heaven. There's a flow. It flows. Joy flows from the Father, from the throne, to something. And if it's flowing in this direction, and I'm like this, looking at me, then I can still have the Holy Spirit. Just just like that Christmas song, that song is there. It's always there. But i got to turn myself and receive it. You have to be in a posture of receiving. You receive his joy, and it will change you. You cannot not have joy if your posture is this. And you're saying to Jesus, you are worthy. You are on- I, I praise you for these things that are in my life. I thank you for these things that are in my life. I take your truth and I apply it to my life, to my circumstances. I promise you joy will rise in you. Why? Because it's from heaven. So face him today. If you're not facing him, if you need joy, come. It's there. All you got to do is is take it. Is take it, receive it. The Holy Spirit will land on you, and things will never be the same. This house is a place where that happens. This culture of, of brave leaders, where these things happen. If you don't know, ask. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. And joy will rise in you. And that will endure through hardship, through hard seasons. If, if the Christmas season is a hard season for you, it will ride through it. It will rise above it. Trust me. It happens. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to end with that. I'm like over time. But I, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Joy is real. It's a tangible thing. It comes straight from heaven, from the Father, and says, you are worthy of this. Come, receive. All right. What a great word. Can we give it up for all of our speakers? I love how it all tied together, that the altar is the starting point, and, um, and that leads to hope. And the hope leads to something special, and maybe that, that moment of transformation is for you right now. So just drinking this song real quick. If you know the words, you can sing along.
The truth is, the truth is, it's so applicable because all I want for Christmas is you, is the most important thing. It's the most important statement that any of us can make on any given Christmas. We just have to know who the you is. We have to know who the right you is. And, and when we come to that altar, it does, it does bring hope into us and so that we can be a hope in a dark, dark world, like Emily said. But the, the thing that I want to land on, and we can all stand to our feet. I'm going to pray over some people right now. It's the point that Joel made. Like, wh- what is the hope for? Like, what are, what are we here for? What are we, what are we striving for? What are we aiming at? And, and until we have that moment of transformation like Joel had, then, then we're not going to be able to hit the mark that God has for us. And for some of us right here today, maybe, maybe you've never come to that altar. Maybe you've never come to the cross. The most pivotal altar in the course of human history is the cross of Jesus Christ. Because it, it didn't just change people's lives on earth. It actually changed eternity for people. Anybody who comes to that altar, comes to that cross, and receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then their entire eternity has shifted. They, they don't just have a hope for right here, right now. They actually have a hope for heaven. And that's what I want to pray for today. If you're, if you're here and you've never come to that altar, you never accepted Jesus Christ, I want to give you a moment to do that. And I want to pray for you. But maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you have said a prayer, you have received Jesus Christ, but there's an impartation that's still missing. There's, there's the joy that's still missing. You, you're thinking, okay, well, I know what a Christian is supposed to do. I know what, how a Christian is supposed to act, but, but I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I feel like I'm just doing it in my own power. Well, I want to pray for you today that you would have an impartation, like Joel said, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will bring joy. The Holy Spirit will bring abundance. The Holy Spirit will bring a desire to, to draw close to Him. The Holy Spirit will even bring you the ability to appreciate all the Christmas songs that come on six months out of the year. Even all I want for Christmas. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today, if, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to make that decision today, I'd love to pray with you. Is there anybody here today like that? If you just lift up your hand, I want to pray for you right where you're at. You want to come to that altar, come to his altar. I see that hand. God bless you. So proud of you. Anybody else here today? See that hand. So proud of you. God bless you. Anyone else here today? Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. I think there's maybe a few more people here. Maybe, maybe you said that prayer at one point, but then you have felt yourself drifting away and you want to rededicate your life to him. Is there anybody like that today? You want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. See that hand. God bless you. So proud of you. Anyone else today? I I need to pray. I want to wrap up the service, but I, I don't want to rush through this. I want to give you a moment to respond to what God is saying, what God is speaking right now. Maybe there's a the wrestle in your spirit right now. It's it's not about what's going on around you, it's just this this pure moment with you and your heavenly father, that he, like the giving tree, wants to have that relationship with you more than anything else in this world. That's the most valuable thing to him is the relationship with each one of us. Who are those ones today? Anybody else you'd like to receive Jesus Christ or rededicate your life to him? Anyone like that today? Love to pray with you. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to 
to bring you down to the front. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Who are those ones? I believe there's one or two more people. See that hand. So proud of you. God bless you. Am I waiting on anyone else today? Anybody else here today? You know you need. See that hand. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Why don't we do this? Let's all say these words together. Everybody pray these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I repent of my sins. I claim that heaven is my home, that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I will live out my life in a way that honors him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.